Welcome to the Crazy Ike Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Teddy. No matter where you are, thanks for making this part of your day. Thanks for taking a listen. Follow me on social media at Crazy Ike Fan on Instagram and on X. Crazy Ike Fan Facebook page. What's up, Ike fans? How's it going out there in the world? Gosh, uh, up and down week for Ike. So let's get to it right away. We're going to talk a little bit about football today. You know, soccer, as they call it here in the States. Well, mixed feelings about this week that was. Full disclosure, this is not going to be a long podcast simply because, honestly, I don't have a lot. I have a lot to talk about, but not a lot of analysis as far as, like, watching the matches because I, full disclosure, I didn't watch either match. I listened to most of the Derby against Pauk and caught none of the match against Kifishal. So I'll talk about both matches and maybe a long podcast, but maybe not. Let's see how it goes. So first things first, a little bit of news and notes. Players coming back. Of course, Collins was able to start this weekend against Kifisha. Araujo, from what we're hearing, is, is ready to go against Marseille this Thursday. And Garcia, of course, coming back, coming up off the bench against Kifisha. Uh, Mandalo signing a contract extension through 2026. That's a little bit of news and notes. Um, as far as that, now, I've been a little out of the loop. I traveled for both for work and then also took a vacation. I took a cruise down to the Caribbean with the family. Long-awaited vacation. This was planned even before. I were double winners. So, um, and I was kind of, I didn't have internet down there. I was very spotty. I was lucky enough to have internet on the day that um, we were in the Bahamas, the day we were playing Falk, so I was able to have internet so I could listen to the match. The internet was not good enough to where I could watch it off my phone, but at least I was able to listen to that great victory. So I've been a little out of the loop, but I wanted to record a podcast before the Marseille match, and then possibly either I'm going to record after Marseille or after uh, we play La Mia over this weekend. But let's get to it. First things first, let's talk. Ike Pauk. Ike get the victory 2-0 over Pauk. I said before um, in the last podcast that I had mentioned that I was going to be out of town and I was not going to be able to watch this match, but I was like bummed that I wasn't going to be able to watch this match because I figured it was going to be very, very compelling between Luchescu, the team of Pauk, and both teams desperately, I think, needing a big win. Uh, and a statement match. <laughs> well, gosh, it's so hard to kind of backtrack and talk about this match, especially after the Ike blunder that was, uh, you know, this the uh, Yella that Ike had the um, the law the drop points against Kifisha over the weekend, and also how well Pau dismantled and beat. Olympiacos in Karaskaki over the weekend, but I'm going to try to backtrack it. It's so crazy to think um, just barely even a week, not even a week, that Ike played Pauk, that Ike straight up, from what I heard on the radio, like I said, I wasn't able to watch it, that Ike were able not to dismantle Pauk, but to stop this hot Falk team, a team that was coming in with a lot of momentum, a team that honestly uh, kind of uh, 
with the way I could have been playing defensively and how good Falk was showing uh, offensively, I honestly, it was a game where it was, I thought it was a tricky match. But like I said in the previous pod, I said, if Falk played their style of football against Ike, I really feel that Ike or Falk's Achilles heel, per se, because Almeida presses Falk so much that Falk is not able to have that nice buildup that they can. Ike really watched in this match as Falk tried to counter and get behind the defense, which is something that scared me that Falk does very well this season. And they did very well against Olibacos yesterday or the day before yesterday um, over the weekend. So it was a team and a game that kind of scared me a little bit. It was a derby that kind of scared me. Nowhere in my mind did I think that Ike were going to completely shut down Balk the way that they did. I mean, Balk did not even... They had maybe one chance the entire match. And Ike really could have run up the score against them. Um, Ike's Achilles heel this year, to kind of bring it full circle, is obviously, of course, and we'll talk about it more when we get to the Kifisha match... We can't put the damn ball in the back of the net. And this is costing Ike. It's costing Ike to drop points. Uh, in this match, they were at least able to get two goals and really put the game away and and, and just uh, really overpower Pauk. Um, from what I heard, like I said, I listened to no analysis uh, from anyone back in the old country of how this match went. This is just my own thoughts as, as I was listening to the match. Um, really surprising. A really great performance by Ike. Eliasson has just become a difference maker. Has become a different player the past few matches for Ike and was able to score a goal. Uh, Pineda, of course, class. But really, a game where the team came together and uh, Almeida's game plan worked against Luchescu's game plan, and Ike really have um. You know, and now I'll kind of segue into the Give You Sound match. Ike have a two to one record, two not two to one, two wins, one draw against your your main competitors, right? Panathinaikos, Olympiakos, and Pauk. Two to one record. Where in most of these derby matches, or two wins and one draw. I'm sorry that I keep saying two to one. Most of these derbies, Ike have dominated. Ike dominated throughout the entire pop match and for most of the Panathinaikos match. Even if you talk to fans of these clubs, they will tell you, okay, Ike completely dominated these matches. And even in the game against Libacos, again, the problem with Ike this season, not being able to put the ball in the back of the net um, and conceding, the defense being shaky at times. As a fan of the Greek Super League... You know, it, it's going to be another season where I think it's going to come down to the wire like it did last year. And it's going to be very exciting. If I was like an outsider, either I liked a, a, a team outside of those four clubs or someone that follows the league that doesn't have a favorite club or someone that can control their emotions and not be heavily emotionally invested into one of these clubs and can kind of take a step back and say, I just want to enjoy good, entertaining football, inter- Painting a soap opera that is Greek football. Um, it's going to be very compelling, I think, to the very end. I don't see a team pulling away, even as good as Panathinaikos are playing right now. Uh, they still have shown some weaknesses in their defense. Um, Ike are showing uh, that they 
do so well when it comes to derbies, can dominate the other teams, which is going to come very key if this story holds as it is right now. That's going to be very key going into the playoffs. If I can kind of tread water and, and get better and get better finishing to pick up more and more points and at least keep that difference Let's let it not get too out of hands. Like um, keep it between, let's say five and and six points, um, and they go into the playoffs with a good, with still having a good derby record, continuing on before the playoffs. Uh, you know anything can happen, but simply saying that I can cannot afford to drop points against Kifisha and Pansaraikos. And then continue to win the derbies. I've talked about this before. I remember years specifically in the past, in the late 90s, 2000s, where there were seasons where Ike won all the derbies against, uh, especially against back then, you know, Falk was not as as, uh, as as strong team as they were on the pitch now. They've always been a, a big team as far as, you know, they have a huge following at the Saloniki, huge following in Northern Greece, but they weren't as competitive as they were now. So you didn't really consider, you still considered that eh, some people, you know, still considered Falk a Derby back then, but they weren't a contending team is what I'm trying to get at. But in the dar- four derbies against Panathinaikos and Olympiakos, I've had years where I have taken all the points, full points from both Panathinaikos and Olympiakos and still finished, you know, second, third in the league far behind the the league champion. Um, and I'm worried maybe that might happen again this season. I don't know what, um, you know, I've heard people talk about rotation against Gifishai. I've heard people talk about, um, I don't think so much that it's a rotation issue because you're still throwing out quality in there, especially the front of the pitch where Ike is struggling. You're still throwing out Zuber, Ponce, I forget who else was starting in that match. I think Eliasson started. You're still throwing out quality players. Players that should beat teams like Kifisha. No disrespect to Kifisha, but we should be beating teams like, like Kifisha easily. Um, especially when you're creating the amount of chances that you are. But the problem is the ball's just not going in the back of the net. If you look at... I just glanced at the Y-Scout um, statistics and the FootMob statistics... And it's interesting to see how um, Ike has the lowest exegies in uh, one of the lowest out of the top five. And then also with, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, ex- exit goals per chance, they're not even in the top six or seven in the in the entire league. Meaning, uh, I think Olibiakos or Panathinaikos was first where every three or four chances they score a goal. No, I want to say Panathinaikos was first where every three or four chances they score a goal. If I'm not mistaken, Balk and Olibiakos are around the same range where one to five good chances they score a goal. And then... You know, there were teams that were up there. I think Pantaraikos was like one for eight chances of scoring goals. Ike weren't even in the top like seven, eight teams, um, which is astounding to consider how many chances they create and they can't put the ball in the back of the net. And this is being troublesome. This is, you know, I know Garcia's been in, injured. I don't know if this is the fault of Almeida, of how he built this team, that 
It's so centered around Garcia that when he's hurt, uh, the team kind of falls apart. But you can't really say that because I have quality up front. They have players that can score. I mean, we've seen Zuber score some nice goals this season. We've even seen, uh, you know, it's just uh, hard to put your finger on it. You know, another thing is, I heard a gentleman on the radio that was talking about... um, because I was able today to listen to some analysis of, uh, you know, and and radio talk back home that was talking about this mat, this particular match, and they were saying how one guy was saying how he was in that at the match and said that the team looked kind of not deflated, but looked kind of like they were not taking the match seriously, like it was very careless attitude by the Ike players. And I don't know whose fault that is. I don't know. You know, I don't see Almeida as being a coach that's going to, or a manager that's going to put up with that type of crap. I don't see Almeida not having these players ready. I don't see these players not being ready. But at the same time, like, yeah, it's only human for you to to kind of downplay an opponent. But you've already had games where this has cost you. Against Pansaraikos, yes. And I hear what a lot of people are saying back home. A lot of talking heads are saying that I were just unlucky against Pansaraikos. That we just could not put the ball in the back of the net. They kept creating chance after chance after chance. But played good football against them. Uh, you know, the Alfie match was a match where <clears throat> it is a, it's, a, it's a complete scratch. It's a... It's a match where Alfie 100% deservingly so won because they, they outplayed. They came to play and Ike were nowhere to be found in that match. Uh, and may I remind you, Atromitos was also a tough match for Ike even at home. And, and, and an opponent that Atromitos were not playing good football in that time. They were at the bottom bottom half of the league. I think they were even at the bottom at the time Ike were playing them. And you're struggling against these teams, and yet you're having, you know, fantastic showings in Europe. You're having, uh, you've crushed your co-competitors. Not crushed, but you understand what I'm saying. You've you've played very well against your your the teams you're competing against for the title, but you can't put these little teams away and quote unquote little teams. You know, and I've said this before, and I don't mean to sound like a broken record, that the league title, the title goes through you beating these smaller sides. Because it's okay, because derbies are matches where, yes, you need to win them, but they're matches also where you're going to drop points eventually. Like, I don't think Iker are going to go Treno in derbies and win every derby all the way out, even through the playoffs. And not win. If if they do that, then they're going to win the title. But, you know, you can't be dropping points against Kifishan. You can't be dropping points against Pantaraikos. If we had both of those, all four of those points right now, don't, you know, take the Ophi game out of it. You're going to have bad days. You're going to have bad games. That just, that happens in every championship. I mean, uh, Bayern Munich just lost to, uh, in the German Cup, were ousted out of the German Cup from a, a team in the third division of Germany. You know, you're going to have bad games, but you can't keep being lackadaisical and dropping points against, against inf- no offense, inferior teams, teams that you should be beating. Now, you know, the problem is you should be beating, but something's got to give. Uh, a player either has to get hot for Ike, one of their center forwards, hopefully now that Garcia's back, hopefully he's fully fit, he's fully healthy, 
and he starts putting the ball in the back of the net like he was in preseason. Like you guys remember, I was talking about it during preseason. I was very excited about where this season was going with, with Levy Garcia. He was, you know, scoring hat tricks in preseason. He was firing at will. He was scoring amazing goals in preseason. Yes, and people can say preseason and um, it's totally different. 100% understandable. And the other thing that, that's coming to mind is I, uh, when I was on, on, on vacation this weekend and as we docked back into a port in the United States, we met up with a few friends of ours uh, down in Florida and um, um, I had a discussion with a good friend of mine that's an Olympiacos fan and, you know, he was not having a good day that day when they were playing Falk, but um, we were just talking about football, talking both both of our teams and he had a very good point, and, and I kind of echo that, this point, and I've heard it also in, in Greek radio that other, other people have said, um, you know, a center forward is, is you either have it in you where you're going to be able to put the ball in the back of the net, or you don't. And it doesn't have to be fancy, but you have to be clinical in front of goal. And that's the bottom line. It doesn't matter how good you are, how good your moves are, you have to be able to put the ball in the back of the net. You know, I think of players like Van Nistelrooy, for example. Not, you never saw crazy highlights of this guy, but he knew where to be to put the ball in the back of the net. And that's what Ike needs right now. Ike needs either Ponce to step up, Garcia to step up, or maybe if neither of them can do it, go after a center forward that's going to be able to, to, to give you some goals and give you some help up front because... That's what this team is lacking right now. Um, and the the inability to put opponents away and let them linger. Like Kifisa, you know, yes, you're up 1-0 against Kifisa. You've done a, a, a truckload of opportunities from what I've heard. Now, I will... Um, look, hold on. Before I get to that, let me... Um, a truckload of opportunities, as I was just saying. And you you squander them. And you can't. You know, we've... I, guys, again, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I talk about this almost every week. This is why we love football, because it's this amazing sport where statistically you can dominate your opponent. But if you don't dominate in that in that one place that matters, the scoreline, then you're SOL. You're shit out of luck. Sorry to curse, but... um you're not going to win. You're not going to get all three points. You're not going to get the win. And it's an amazing thing because it's it's one of very few sports in the world where that happens. You know, you, you play basketball, a team can have an off night and another team that that's inferior can be red hot and they can beat you. Um, and oftentimes in sports to go to, you know, to go to American football, a turnover battle. You could have a team that they could perform very well, but they turn the ball over a lot. Most likely, if that turn, team turns the ball over, now there are exceptions to the rule, but most of the time that team loses. You know, um, there's exceptions to every rule, but in football, that's the beautiful thing is that you could have 30 opportunities, the ball won't go in the back of the net, you could have, you know, 20 corner kicks, 30 opportunities. 95 possession of the ball and the other team does one counter one shot on target and that's all she wrote the other team can pick up the three points or pick up the win um 
like I said, again, you don't see that in very many other sports. But um, I just, I don't know how, where to point my finger. And this is, this is getting very frustrating because like I said, and I've said this before also, that as a Nike fan, yes, I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying these last couple of seasons because it's very compelling. It's not Olympiacos running away with the title and everyone else just shooting each other in the foot. This has become very, there's level playing fields here. You can make an argument for every every team, any of the, these four teams can win the title. And right now, you know, yes, maybe Panathinaikos are a little bit ahead of everyone. They're clicking. They're doing stuff they weren't doing last year by putting opponents away and being able to, they're doing the exact opposite of what Ike's doing. Ike are still struggling to put the ball in the back of the net. What Panathinaikos have seen with their attacking players, they found a way to beat, to kind of at times steamroll past some of these uh, inferior opponents where Ike are still struggling. And that's not going to help you. It's not going to help you if we win every derby on the way at, on the way from here to the end of the playoffs and then we're still dropping points against Pantaraikos and against uh, Kifisha and struggling against Alfie and struggling against Atromitos. Because you keep dropping those points, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you drop freaking 20 points against those teams and only gain, you know, nine points against your contenders, you're still not going to be anywhere near a league title. Um, so this is something that they need to figure out. I don't know what what's, what's at fault here. Now, I have heard some people talk about the officiating, but this goes beyond officiating, to, to be honest with you. A good team can overcome bad officiating, I think, in any sport. Now, can it hurt you? Absolutely. In the Greek Super League, can it hurt you? Yes. Did I deserve to to lose this match? That I think there was a there was a handball on uh, Kifisha's goal. One hundred percent. I haven't gone back and watched the highlights, or I watched a little bit. I, I want to, you know, you guys know Greek Super League is hard to find freaking for you to be able to watch full highlights. So I've seen like bits and pieces here. Um, <clears throat> from what everyone's been saying in the in the Ike world, at least, I need to see it with my own eyes because I might disagree that there was a handball on Kivishad's goal. It should have been disallowed. There was a penalty not given. A <coughs> Excuse me, guys. Not given to Garcia. I don't know how true all these things are. Um, even so, I'm willing to overlook that. And I know some people scream till, till the cows come home, as they say that, or they'll, they'll, they'll scream and yell about, you know, we, we feel, um, and you know, like the refs did us wrong and this is rigged and blah, blah, blah. And I get that. Cause I get, if you guys listen to this podcast, you guys know, I, I kind of, echo that sentiment sometimes but it's kind of gotten to the point to where it's it's like beating a dead horse we can't blame the refs every single freaking game at one point you have to look at this team and say with so much quality you should easily be beating Kifisa and Bansaraikos I don't care how well they're playing you're better than them you have a better budget you're creating chances to say that this was a normal not a normal team but a team that you know, didn't create a lot of chances, then I would say yes, then we need to find more creativity. But you're creating so many chances, you just need to put the damn ball in the back of the net. Um, 
So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is here. I don't know. Uh, hopefully it improves to uh, preview both a little bit of the Marseille match and to talk about the, the Super League game over the weekend that I have coming up. They have a very scrappy, very tough. You can ask Panathinaikos how tough this match is against La Mia. La Mia coming to, uh, to play in Philadelphia this weekend. Very tough team. A team in the, in the Greek Super League that's playing the best football outside of the, the top four. And a very, very tough matchup. Again, um, I have to talk about Almeida's rotation. And I get the rotated squad. I, I get the injuries. I get all that. This week, though, I cannot say that looking at the squad myself, that team should still be able to beat Kifisha. Uh If you want to talk about the rotation a little bit. Um, you know, before before the last uh, bad match that I had in Kriti against Ofi, that I kind of blame, blamed a little bit more on the rotation. And I said, you know, you should put your best players in. You should put your best players in. And Kathari Setopiknidi, which means, uh, you know, be done with it, score two or three goals in the first half, and then start taking some of your starters out to rest them because you need to pick up points. But, in the, I mean, this match, I don't feel he played like that rotated of a squad. Yes, he played Collins and Mitoglu at the back. I think C.D. Best started, which C.D. Best, they say, um, from what I heard, has a lot of fault that um, in the goal that uh, Kifisha scored, and he didn't look like he was in the right frame of mind again, which is a little concerning for Ike, but rotated squad or not, when you got quality like Zuber and Ponce up front, and I think Mandalo also started this match, you should be able to win this game. I mean, there's no there's no other way to put it. Um, now, to get uh, to some preview, uh, against Marseille, I think I think it's a 50-50 match. I think Ike were playing very well against Marseille to begin, uh, you know, in the beginning of the second half before the Stankovic blunder. Marseille still seemed to be struggling in the French League. You know, there's still a quality game, team. It's going to be a very tough match, but I'm I'm, I'm kind of hopeful Ike are going to get a positive result out of this. And they, if they play the way they played in Europe... You know, another thing that came up with the Cole Giffyshaw match, not to backtrack towards that again, was that how motivated are these players to win another league? How motivated are they to, you know, win in the league? Specifically, someone brought up the example of Zuber. You know, maybe Zuber was not himself or not playing well over the weekend against Giffyshaw because he knows he's not going to get a chance against uh, to play against Marseille. That may be true, and I can kind of see that argument. Now, this is just, you know, an argument fan talk. This isn't something that came out of the club or Zuber saying that he's unhappy. These are just my words and words that I've heard other fans say, so I don't want anyone to kind of misquote me or misunderstand what I'm trying to say. But if that's the case, then you need to stop being a professional. Like, you're a professional to do a job. You're there to do a job. So whether you're playing Kifisha or La Mia, yes, at the end of the day, these people are... Whether you're playing Kifisha, La Mia, or... Marseille or Ajax, you still need to play at a high level. You still need to go out there and be a professional. And I 100% get the other side of the argument when people would say, well, you know, people can kind of be a little more relaxed or be a little, 
you know, less enthused about playing these in, in some of these matches. And, and I, and I kind of get that. But still, you need to be a professional. You need to go out there and perform your job. So I don't think that's an excuse. And if that's the case, then uh, I, I, I believe knowing, knowing what we've seen from Almeida and how he reacts to players like that, those players would be completely benched, I think, if if, if that's the case. If he feel, felt like they were being completely laxed about this and not taking matches against inferior opponents seriously, then I feel that there would be some type of disciplinary action by Almeida if that's the case. Now, you know, it's crazy how we can sit here and talk about a blunder or a misstep and Ike against Gifishan, and then in the same breath talk about how well they can do against a, a good team like Marseille, or a, a good team meaning a, a brand, a big name like Marseille, or in a European match. But I really think I can uh, can get something, and they need to get something out of it. If they're really going to go for the top two spots, they need to at least get a point in this match, if not all three points. I think either one is possible. I'm really feeling good about this. I'm really feeling good about how good this team has played in uh, in Europe. And I'm really excited that we got Garcia back. Hopefully he's at 100%. And I think he's going to be a difference maker. We need to be clinical in front of goal. Going on forward, I don't know how Almeida is going to fix this. I don't know how the players are going to fix it. But we need to be clinical in front of goal if, if something is to happen. Now, going to the La Mia match, those of you that follow the league know that Lamia just lost to Panathinaikos last weekend, but played very, very well against them. It was tied 1-1 until like the 90-something minute, and Olympiacos was able to get, I mean, uh, Panathinaikos, I'm sorry, was able to get a goal late on in this match. But they're a team that have been playing very well and are looking to really break into the top six in the, in the Super League um, with uh, Leonidas Vokolos as their coach. So very tough league match coming up for Ike. Um... But I think at the end of the day, Ike's quality is able to shine through. I I still don't know. This team has been so Jekyll and Hyde all season long that I don't know who's going to show up. You know, we could have a a match where we win 2-0 against Marseille or beat Marseille 2-1 or 3-1 even and tie the score from France. I could, I could, and then me, this is me being honest. I could totally see that happening this Thursday and this team playing that well against Marseille. And I could totally see us laying an egg against La Mia and it being uh, like a 1-1 or 2-2 type game or a 0-0 and dropping two more points against La Mia. I'd hate to be like, I'd hate to be that way. I had to be so pessimistic. But in my heart of hearts, I really think that Ike's going to get it together. I think Mateus knows how important it is that we cannot drop any more points against uh, quote-unquote smaller clubs. Uh, very excited about the Marseille match. I know, guys, that I said I was going to talk more basketball. I'm probably going to wait because there's so much going on with football now. Uh, really take a deeper dive into basketball coming up in um, in a couple of weeks during the international break. Let's hope I get the job done against Marseille. Very excited about this matchup, and I'll be back. Like I said, either... I will do a podcast over the weekend before the La Mia match, but most likely to conserve time and energy and to put it all together in one podcast, unless there's some kind of crazy outcome. 
against Marseille. Maybe I might do like a mini episode where I get on and talk about my thoughts like straight after the match or, you know, just put some thoughts out there for, for you guys. I'll, um, I'll, uh, probably record a podcast after the Let Me A Match over the weekend, but I hope you guys have a good weekend and always, or a good week and weekend to follow. As always, Forza, I gotta, uh, thanks so much guys for supporting this podcast. If you can, anywhere you can, uh, like the podcast or subscribe, review, Leave five stars wherever you can. If you write a review, I know on uh, Apple Podcasts you can write reviews. Please do so. It gets more listeners. The podcast has been growing, and I'm so freaking grateful for all you listeners. I'm sorry that I haven't been very active on social media over the past few weeks. Just a lot of crazy stuff has been going on, uh, both from a professional and a personal level. So uh, be back at it next week. Again, I'll be back for Talk to you guys later.